Hello, and welcome to Soulful Wildflowers, a podcast where we explore topics and modalities to help raise your vibration, strengthen your internal guidance system, and your connection with self. I'm Carrie, a writer, emotional wellness coach, empath, and explorer of spirituality. My goal is to awaken the lightworker inside of you by discussing topics you may have previously thought out of reach. So welcome to Woo Woo 101, a down-to-earth approach to spirituality. As Dolly Parton once said, wildflowers don't care where they grow. So no matter where you are in your awakening, years in or just starting to explore, you're exactly where you need to be. We're so grateful you're here and can't wait to grow with you. To the Soulful Wildflowers podcast, I'm Carrie Fox here with my co-host Jess Rand. And today we are interviewing a very special guest. So please welcome Natalie Erickson, owner of Little Magnolia Sleep Consulting, who works with parents to help lay a healthy foundation for sleep and take them from struggling at bedtime and through the night to a good night's sleep for everybody. So Natalie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So I am personally super excited to talk to you because um, if you have listened to the podcast, have seen me on social media, you know that um, we've been working with Elena, who's my youngest, she's 21 months old, um, to get her to sleep through the night. And there was a point where we kind of hit our our limit and there was a bit of hysteria and my sister-in-law said, hey, I know this girl. she's magical and so she introduced me to Natalie and um, we've been working for the past couple of weeks to get Elena to sleep and I'm excited to say that we've had two full nights of her sleeping in her own crib through the whole night which is just magic so of course yeah of course I wanted to have you on the show we have a lot of moms in this group and I think it would be really great to first off let's hear a little bit more about you a little bit about your story and how you kind of dove down this path of sleep consulting (laughs) um well thank you again for having me um and I would have to say like you, I hit a point where I needed help and um, I have, so I have two kids now, four and my son is four and my daughter's two. And my son was a fine sleeper when he was young, but then around 13 months old, something happened. And I tried to figure out exactly what it was, like we all try to do with our kids and then you never actually find out what it was, but you do have to take that time and, and, and work on it and make it better. So I, um, um, I don't know, the 10th night I'm up in the middle of the night multiple times. (laughs) I like couldn't fall asleep myself at night because that's also the hard part is getting back to sleep after you wake up with your little one. And I was searching on my phone and found a sleep consultant and I worked this program and it worked so quickly and I chatted with her and she's like, you would do so great at this. And I'm just like, I didn't even know about this. (laughs) And I did it. And then we chatted and I felt like we were immediate friends from that point on. And I was just like, I have to do this. I love it. Um, and I was always fascinated by like every stage with my, with my kids, especially my son being my first. And that was incredible. And looking back at all the things that I did that I wouldn't suggest to my clients now is just, it, it, it really, <laughs> 
<laughs> it just told me like I, I needed that and that support. Um, I'm one who I'm the best mom and the best wife if I get sleep and I don't function very well without it. So that's Absolutely. my story. Um, and the issue with my son wasn't just wake ups at night, but it was also that four o'clock early rise, which I felt like was harder than like the one o'clock wake up. Yeah. We're rocking a five o'clock early rise right now. Yeah. And that one is, that hurts a little worse than in the middle of the night. Cause then, you know, the alarm clock for you is going to oh. go up soon. Yep. So we figured it out. Now he's a great sleeper. And then I had my daughter and I, she was like my little prodigy sleep child. <laughs> um, so she does great. But, uh, yeah, so I, I went down. Um, so the program that I'm certified through is called Sleep Sense. And I went down to Sarasota, Florida for, um, for training for um, a couple of days. And then I came cool. back and started like the program and got certified. And it's, it's been awesome just being able to share my knowledge of what I learned with other families and, and really just relate and connect with them in a place that can be a really dark place for some. Um, when you don't sleep, it affects a lot, not just the child. So I'm, I'm so happy to be able to share that with, with other families. Well, I love this, the story of, you know, this podcast is all about women supporting women. And I just really love how we all kind of go through our own, like, uh, what's the word? Adventure with, with something. And then through that, like trial, we rise from the ashes and we're like, well, if I can do this, uh -huh. anybody can do this, you know, and you really like want to just share the knowledge because you've been in, in such that, like, like you were saying, when mama doesn't get sleep, <laughs> nobody's happy. <laughs> and being able to, you know, teach, teach other parents that, you know, they can get their child sleeping through the night. And, and do you feel also that it's, you know, you're not just tra sleep training the child, you're, you're training the parent oh, as yeah. well. Oh yes. I, I think there's a lot of things. It, 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 um, I'm my background's in education, so it it really is just I'm being a, a sleep teacher and like teacher said, not just for the child but for the parents as well. You know, I, I think it's important to know if I'm going to make a suggestion in your child's habit or routine, you need to know why and 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 what what you're doing now and how it's affecting and what it could lead to. Um, and I, I really do feel like when I, when I talk to parents, you know, my goal is not just the short term, but also the long term. I want you to feel confident in any future bumps in the road because, you know, whether I get your child at five months or at two years old or older, it is a, it's still a long ro road for their little life and how sleep can be impacting. So, you know, not just feeling supported, but also having the knowledge is my goal every time I work with families. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, the range of children that you work with, because I know my daughter, she's not quite two. And then um, my sister-in-law, who you've also worked with, they had a newborn. Mm -hmm. And you know, we were also talking about, I have a five and seven year old and we were also talking about, cause you know, when you're, when you're starting off in routine, you, you're not just 
it's not just for the child, right? The whole family unit is affected by this. Like everybody's involved in this. Um, so I'd love to hear you like hear what your age range is yeah. and how you kind of get everybody involved. Sure. So, um, I, I, I do work with newborns to through school age kids. Um, I think, um, so with newborns specifically, um, I would say the word sleep training isn't really what I like to say. Um, if I had a prenatal mom call me or, or, um, a two month old, that approach is completely different at that point. You know, it's my job to educate mom. Here are some healthy things you can begin to do, but as far as schedules or set this or that, that's not really what I do. I don't really start doing some of that until after the four month, five month old, um, age range. Um, and, and, and a lot of that, again, is just that education and, and you can start a routine very early. And I think that's kind of the biggest thing that some of the new, newer moms kind of learn from that. But yeah, I go all the way up to toddlers and, and as those of us who have toddlers know, getting them involved in the process is my number one goal and getting everyone else involved too. Cause like you said, it can affect the whole family and whether you have one child or, or two or more, they, everybody's sleep is important. And, and that time of night is so sacred. It's important for them to get sleep, health and development, but it's also important for mom and dad yeah. <laughs> have some time. And I, and that's kind of what I built my, I re, just rebranded to little Magnolia and that's kind of what I built it off of. My friends and I have this Magnolia night and, and I just say, I, and that's our night where we get to get together, just girls, individuals, I love you know? That. And, and so my, I, I take pride in, in being able to give parents their opportunity to have whatever their version of Magnolia night is. Um, and I, I actually just got off the phone yesterday. I did a consult with a family working with, um, and their daughter's 17 months. And she said, she was asking me about the bedtime and, you know, but we do dinner at this time. And I told her, you know, through the change and the process in which we're going to start this, I ask a little bit of flexibility, but because she says we eat dinner late, like my husband and I, and I said, great put her down to bed and then you get to have dinner alone, uninterrupted. That is what we're going to take you to. So in the first couple of weeks when we work together, it, you know, you might have to, you know, someone eats, someone tends to be and, and you yeah. can it. But the goal is great. I love that. If that's your time where it's just you and your husband, that's so important. So, um, so yeah, this, this is that time of night can be, um, can affect the whole family. I love that you say, I love this concept of like the mag magnolia. So my husband and I, you know, we're like, oh, you know, I'm going to work on my business and you're going to be able to like prep for your day for the following day. And we're going to do all these things. All the kids are going to be asleep. <laughs> we have just been sleeping because we're like, we're going to bed early and we're getting up at a decent hour and we're just going to sleep. And that's it. <laughs> so it's so funny. Like, it's amazing just how you feel throughout the day. Like you don't even recognize. Cause I think sometimes you're, you know, especially as parents, you're on autopilot. Like you're just getting to the next thing. You're going to survive you don't mode. even necessarily, 
Exactly. Like you don't necessarily realize how the lack of sleep is affecting you, mm-hmm. not just you, but the others as well, like your children. And so we've just, you know, the past couple of weeks, like not even, I haven't even dived into like getting up early and, you know, staying, you know, after she's, you know, in bed, like staying up an hour to like do business stuff. And I've just been like, this is so great to have like quiet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I, we'll get there, but right now I'm just enjoying the quiet. (laughs) (laughs) So, and Natalie, I, you and I were talking about this a little earlier, but I'm a biology major. I'm a bio nerd. I love the like, the like educating behind it. So Absolutely. do you mind talking just a little bit about like how hormones are involved with the sleep cycle and the little, because Elena, one of the big things with her was she'd get up at 1am and she's like ready to party. And she's like, she thinks her day is starting. So um, you and I had to talk through some of that a little bit. And I'd I'd love to hear, um, you know, a little more about that to educate the listeners as well. Sure, sure. So so there's two main hormones that we um, can focus on when in related to sleep, and that's melatonin and cortisol. Um, I don't necessarily particularly recommend any type of um, melatonin aid because I think, you know, when I work with clients, the hope is to be able to use the natural melatonin of sunlight and outside play to, to help that versus any type of aid. Um, But it, it is, it is the hormone that gets us sleepy. It doesn't put us to sleep. It gets us in a restful state, if you will. And the ways you get melatonin are through, um, through sunlight, outside play. And when it starts to secrete at nighttime is when we start to dim the lights. So that's when you, you know, you start bath time, you have a good routine, you take your child into their room and you dim the lights for story time. It's still, it, it helps that calm state happen. So that sleep then can easily be the next step. Now, the hormone cortisol is our wake-up hormone. So when we go to sleep, that's what starts to secrete after, um, like, it starts to fill up to wake us up at a certain time. Um, We all probably have a threshold of where we can sleep into, but if it was the perfect world and you did an experiment for a week to see, okay, I'm going to see how long I can sleep in, you're not going to sleep for 24 plus hours a day. You can't, (laughs) your body's ready to go. Cortisol is pumping, you're good to go. So melatonin helps suppress cortisol and cortisol helps suppress melatonin. So what that means with kids is outside time, get them outside, get them ready. I recommend twice a day if you're that one nap toddler age that like right before lunchtime and one after um after the nap um and now that with daylight saving time happening and it being light later after dinner awesome even more the more is better so you definitely want to tap into that and let that work for you but the number one thing that happens in most families when I talk to them is overtiredness. Mm-hmm. So what happens if a child doesn't go to bed at an ideal time or nap at, at, at the ideal time because they're up too long? I get a lot of parents telling me, well, they're not ready for bed. They're like wild, crazy. <laughs> 
And I said, oh, they were ready for bed, but we missed the window. And if you miss that window, your body gives you a shot of what is like adrenaline, but it's cortisol. And that, if if your child, if, if you're listening and your child is manic at any point during like the late evening time, that's what's happening. So what happens then is when you finally get your child to sleep, which can be a process because it's like they're ready to go running through their, um, through their blood. It's, it's going, it's in their body. You can't slow them down and then they crash. Mm-hmm. Well, when they then go to sleep, it's natural for cortisol to wake you up and start, start, um, producing or secreting and, and what happens. And so Jess, we talked about a little, that early wake up happening. Mm-hmm. If your child's early waking, it's probably because of overtiredness. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. We're we're struggling with the second nap at daycare. So I'm picking up a very tired baby and trying and like struggling to get him to bed early enough because, you know, we come home from daycare and we're trying to squeeze in dinner and trying, you know, I gave up on us eating altogether. We're just trying to get him his last bottle and get him to bed as quickly as possible. Um, And, you know, you mentioned this, like, my husband does this all the time. He's not tired. He's so chatty and he's squashed. (laughs) And I'm like, but I feel like, you know, he should be tired. And yeah, experienced it where we've caught that sweet spot and the bedtime routine just flows. And, you know, we really try not to go too into like rocking him to sleep too much. And we, we, we've tried to lay a healthy sleep foundation where he can put himself to sleep in, in, in his crib. So, but the nights where my husband's like, he's not ready yet. And my inner, like, <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's true. So can you share with me how, like, how we can identify, like we're approaching that sweet spot and sure. when we need to start the bedtime routine like what are the signs that it's coming <laughs> yeah well and tell your husband just be like no honey if we don't get him down that cortisol is going to wake him up earlier because then yeah. his bucket's full and instead of waking up at a normal appropriate time since he got a little bit at night his he doesn't go to bed with an empty bucket he goes to bed with a little full bucket so now he's going to wake up at four or five o'clock okay that makes so that's much what's happening like mm-hmm. i just had i knew that like i knew the two were linked but yep. I didn't quite understand like what was causing it. Like yep. I did some research and I knew like the lack of, he was having, he has too much of a awake time between mm-hmm. his last nap and- How long is it? It depends. So I, it, where he's at daycare, I've been working with them to try to attempt a little bit of a later afternoon nap. Cause they're, sometimes he's, his second nap is ending like two, two thirty. Okay. Is I, I know way too early. A little early, yeah. But he also, so he's not the kid in daycare. And I think what's happening is he's hearing other sounds and other things. Like he's not, you know, in a space by himself sleeping. So I feel like we could do a whole nother podcast topic on daycare alone. Yeah. Because I under, I relate to well. <laughs> so like as my, like, and, and so I've really just been focusing more on the weekends because that's more what I have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, but, um, yeah. Most of the time awake windows are, there is like, there's a chart, right? There's an Mm -hmm. age chart. So at 10 months old, 
he is around three hours of a awake window. So yeah, yeah if he's waking up at two, two thirty, that's like five, five thirty bedtime. Which is not feasible. <laughs> not right. That makes one really hard in anybody's schedule. And then also like we really don't want it to stay there. Yeah. Um I do suggest early bedtimes versus you know, later bedtimes for the same cortisol issue. Right. Mm -hmm. However, five, that five o'clock hour is just a little too early. So, um, so what, what, where he is for his age, you said he's 10 months old. Mm -hmm. So around three hours is his wake time. And he probably could start to push a little bit closer to three and a half, but I mm -hmm. would start slow. Anytime you make a change, start slow, 310, see how he does. How does he fall asleep for you? Does he stay asleep when it's a nap time? Um, and, and most kids, um, their first awake window tends to be the hardest for them to stay up. So you might have like a three hour first wake window and then a three hour and 10, mm -hmm. three hour and 15 or something like that. Um, and then as he gets closer to um, 11 months, you can start to get even closer to that um, three and a half hour time. So what I tell parents is when you're looking at an awake window first, like you know, I'd be happy to, to share my chart or it's on my page where you can just look, okay, this is in his range, this, his age, this is the ideal range yeah. and it is a range. So once you get close to that, start watching him. Mm -hmm. What does he do? Does, is he playing on the ground, like rolling around or crawling? And, and, and is he all of a sudden starting to get like annoyed or fussy or just irritated? And if that's what's happening, that is a good indication he's ready for, for bed and, mm -hmm. and then look at what time that is. Um, for kids this young, I, um, he actually could start to get on a set schedule. Now, again, daycare, whole nother monster to kind of <laughs> around, but, um, but for most parents following the wake window is definitely the way to go for the earlier years. Cause like he might wake up at seven some days, he might wake up at 720. So yeah. what does that mean? That's when you don't want to be so obsessed with the, the clock instead of like the hours, you yeah. know, that three hour time. But then the older they get, you can almost say, okay, 10 o'clock, 930, 10 o'clock first nap, two, two thirty second nap. That's when you kind of want that to be happening. So if he's waking up at that time, like his morning, like keeping him up a little longer can probably help um, get his bedtime pushed back to a little later. What age do you see babies being ready for a more like set schedule versus watching wake windows? Yeah, great question. So around eight to 10 months old, when, when they're capable of doing that three hour wake window starting mm -hmm. around eight months, that's when, um, that's when I start to kind of um, develop that. And it takes anybody, adults, kids, about two weeks for your inter like your body clock to adjust. Okay. So after sticking to that Good for about yeah. two weeks, you're going to start to see, okay, he woke up at 710, but his nap's still going to be um, at 10 o'clock. Like you don't have to then say 1010 at that point. So that's mm -hmm. kind of the difference between a set schedule. Yeah. Still, it's still focusing on the awake window of three hours. But again, you can you can say, okay, he naps at 10 and two. That's the, the, the nap time. Yeah. Somebody um, recently asked me 
we were trying to plan a family get together and they were trying to be respectful of, of his, his schedule and his routine, which was, awesome. but, and so they were like, you know, does this time work for his nap schedule? And I was like, huh, we were on maybe, <laughs> but like, you know, we're just trying to not wake up at 5am. And um, that's like our focus right now is to, to not be waking up at 5am. And we're seeing improvements over the weekend when we have a little bit more control over the, the schedule. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, so I feel like we're, we're getting there, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I realized like, we don't have a schedule. Should we have a schedule? When should we have a schedule? <laughs> you want to try and, and then tell day, I would tell daycare, like, okay, this is, this is the ideal time. It, how long has he been in daycare? Since he was eight. Eight, no, 10 months, 10 weeks old. So he's been in daycare a long time. For a while. Okay. So, um, cause there always is that like adjustment period. Yeah. Um, you know, I sent my daughter daycare and she didn't even eat for like three days and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so no, no. <laughs> they do adjust, but, um, but I would maybe just tell them like, Hey, look, this is kind of what I, I want you to shoot for. And what you might yeah. see is, you know, it's, it's a progress. So our first goal is going to be like, can he fall asleep? Can mm -hmm. he do it? And then it's like, okay, how long are those naps? Cause sometimes short naps are really common, unfortunately at daycare because yeah. other people aren't waking up. Um, when I get my sheet at the end of the day, that tells me how long my daughter sleeps. I just get a little angry inside. Cause it's always like, she wakes up before two and they put her down at noon. And I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's hey, where we are right now. I want to I want to be like, "Hey, can I have the names of all the moms in there? I'd love to help them with their kids." You know, keeping my kid up. <laughs> but I will say I will awesome. encourage um I think the weekend approach is definitely it's what you have to work with. Like all mm -hmm. of this has to be feasible with your schedule as well. So if you start on a Saturday, just focusing on that sleep encourages more sleep. So yeah. Like as much at daycare, he kind of gets overtired as the week goes on, giving him that opportunity on the weekends to make up some of those hours is going to be crucial because mm -hmm. usually when I work with parents, there's what I call sleep debt going on. Yeah. A child has been struggling for so long <laughs> and Elena was that little one, you know, and so it takes some time to get those hours back to mm -hmm. where they're like, okay, yeah, I feel sure. good now. And, and, and that's when you now. start, yeah. And that's when you start to see their demeanor change. You know, I hear all the time, I didn't think my baby could be happier, but they're like, you know, the, they are. And it, it's just getting them those hours back and then moving forward in a positive direction. Is so important. Yeah. We, so my son is a, an oddly happy baby. Like all the time. I did not think, I mean, I'm kind of a snarky, smiley. I think it was feasible for me to create such a happy human being. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but so he's just super, super happy all the time. And really up until he was about like eight and a half months old, he was a rock star sleeper, like would sleep from like 7.30 to about seven-ish every morning like had pretty consistent naps at daycare. And then, so I've been like doing a lot of thinking about what changed mm -hmm. because I, I'm- You have to figure it out. I have to know the why. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense to me why like, <laughs> and, and I did some research when he was like, when I was on maternity leave about setting up a good foundation, not sleep training, but mm -hmm. things so that 
we would hopefully not have to sleep train. Perhaps that's the, yep, that's the goal. So, so, and I felt like for a while I was like, okay, like we set a good foundation, things were rocking and rolling. And then all of a sudden it, you know, he started waking up at 5 a.m. Then we started having nighttime wakings. And, and then I was like, well, is this a regression? But the more I started thinking about it, like my daycare requested like an updated schedule for him. And so I, you know, I wrote out, you know, what we were shooting for as far as a loose schedule. Um, and then I was, we have a, they have a program where you can log in and kind of like, as they log stuff through the day, you can see cool. happening. So like I stalk him throughout the day. <laughs> I can see like when he goes down for a nap and how long he's napping and and, and I wasn't seeing like that schedule really being followed and I, and he's not the only baby, but for a long time, he kind of was. So COVID, very low population when he first started daycare, he was the, there were two infants in the infant room. He was the only full-time infant. And so the, the teachers were solely focused on him most days. And then when things started to go awry was when COVID started to get a little bit better for for sending their kids in. He's now, there's now four infants in the infant room and the toddler room, which is sort of attached to the infant room and they can hear everything that goes on over there Mm -hmm. is loud and rambunctious because there's more kids. And so, you know, I've talked to them and they say they try, but he's, you know, they're loud. And then there's other babies. He doesn't want to miss out. He yeah. Doesn't want to miss out yeah. Like that's when I feel like when daycare's population grew mm-hmm. uh, up and he was not just the only baby in there anymore is when the schedule started kind of getting thrown off and they're, they're trying. It's not for a lack of, of sure, sure. you know, everybody knows you can only control the schedule so much. Right. But that's, I feel like that's when things really, like when his naps really started to get rough at daycare is when his nighttime sleep started to get really rough. So, so, um, at around eight months too, or that eight, eight and a half months you said was, did he start to do anything? Like, did he start to crawl or Um, any developmental things also happening? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So he started like, you know, fully sitting by himself and being mobile and now he's a little crawling machine right so you might have had a couple things going on so um whenever so when I get on the phone with with a family for the very first time I like to ask some questions see kind of is this something that just started or is this something that has been going on Mm -hmm. and usually what happens is for the for the parents who are like they were an rock star sleeper then um, I, that's when I asked, okay, did they start crawling or something? Developmental changes wreak havoc on sleep. Mm-hmm. And then really? you got the daycare thing on the side. It just kind well, of probably- makes teething to that as well. Because and teething, right. Teething. <laughs> so so the, 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 what happens then is when that, like when they developmentally do something, whether it's the, the crawling, the sitting, the standing, the walking, the talking, talking is a really big one. Okay. Their mind is like so obsessed with that one thing they're trying to do, even if they're not doing it yet. Sometimes you see this happening a couple um, days to a week before the, the actual exciting first steps are taken. Oh, okay. They're so obsessed cool. over it they can't get their mind to calm down to go to sleep. 
Okay. And so that's when just like people, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like overstimulated with it. And yeah. so that's when they call for you in the middle of the night and then you, you, you go and you attend to them and that's where the struggle is, right? Mm -hmm. How do you tend to them? What all of a sudden starts changing? Are, when he started waking up at five o'clock, did he ever go back down or did we always get him up at five? Like, and that's where all these things that like you maybe didn't know you were doing, but that's how the response was to that, which is, again, it's not to fault anybody, like, especially if they were a great sleeper, you just keep doing what worked before, but the older they get, the more sensitive they are to those things. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, add teething, add all of that on top and it just snowballs. So I have a question. That's so interesting. Me and my husband were just having this conversation because I don't want him to get conditioned to, if he wakes up in the middle of the night that we're just going to run in and help him get back to sleep. So I usually try to wait a little bit to see if he'll go back to sleep. And so we have a monitor in our bedroom, like a sound monitor. And my husband is an, an extremely heavy, light sleeper and I'm an extremely wow. sleeper. So I have the monitor on my side and um, I try to, like I'll hear him wake up sometimes and sometimes I don't because it's a, just a quick blip and mm -hmm. back to sleep. Um, and my husband also sometimes stays up late to do work and stuff like that. So, you know, we have this trying to strike this balance of like, how long should we give before we go in and console him or help him or whatever? I, my approach is giving it a little longer than I think what my husband wants to give. Okay. And he kind of has given me two reasons for why he wants to go in there earlier than I do. Yeah. One of those is that he doesn't want him to get so worked up that he can't go back to sleep. Okay. And then the other is, well, if I'm already awake and you're still asleep, I don't want him to wake you up. Aww. I want you, if, if we're going to be up in the middle of the night, it doesn't need to be both of us. Yeah. So I'd rather catch him before he wakes you up. And, sure. and I, I mean, I think that's very sweet, but I, I'm getting <laughs> that we will create some bad Right. So, so yeah, you're totally right. And that is super sweet. But like you said, you are telling him something different. Like when I do that, like cause and effect, when I do this, mm -hmm. mommy, daddy does this. Yeah. So the, my sweet spot for time is 10 minutes. Okay. Now, if you, I will tell you, if you are awoken in the middle of the night to your child crying out for you, 10 minutes can seem like a really, really <laughs> long time. So yeah. I always encourage my parents, Hey, look, try to wake up, try to look and focus your mm -hmm. brain for a second, get out of that fog to know, look at your phone. What time is it? Yeah. And tell yourself 10 minutes or tell Siri, wake me up in 10 minutes or whatever it is, mm -hmm. because it, it can seem like two minutes seems like forever. Mm -hmm. So 10 is just yeah. a marathon when you're sleeping. So what, what that 10 minutes time for is to kind of delay the gratification upon seeing you because everybody knows that if anyone's upset, we always want our mom or dad, like yeah. we, we, that I mean, makes me feel good. Yeah. And that's awesome that we have that, but sometimes we need to teach our kids, Hey, but you can do this on your own. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so waiting 10 minutes 
allows him the opportunity to roll back over, get comfortable, mm-hmm. self-soothe back to sleep. I always tell my clients, if they can, if you call me after night one and tell me I, they woke up five times, but the one time it was short and they went back to sleep on their own, we're going to celebrate. That is huge. Mm-hmm. So, so we really do want to give him that time to see if he can do that. Now, if he doesn't, that's when we need to tend to him. Um, and then we kind of take it from there. But yeah, I, again, that is super sweet from your husband, but you don't want to take that upper opportunity away because then what our kids tend to do as they get older and they get really smart really <laughs> early. Like, really Accurate. Early, yeah. We, I think one of our biggest issues as parents is sometimes we underestimate our babies. Uh-huh. You know, toddlers, whole nother whole nother topic of conversation <laughs> over here and how they work us, but even with babies. So that, that quick response, because one night he was teething and teething should only take two to three days max. Mm-hmm. So if it's prolonged more than that, something else is going on. And so if you tend to, um, like a couple times and he likes that, mm-hmm. then, um, too quickly, I should say not at all, but too quickly, then he might wake up in the middle of the night. And instead of saying, you know, I know how to go back to sleep. I'm going to roll over and do that. He goes, but I want daddy to help me. Mm -hmm. And then that's when one little thing can snowball. Yeah. I mean, I know he has the ability to to sleep. He's, he's done it for a very long time. And, and when my husband's in the room with me, I can say, hold on. And I can sometimes even hear in his cry or his Mm -hmm. seeing a difference in in the way it sounds. So a lot of times I'll wait to, he's a very loud sleeper to begin with. Like he, he makes a lot of noise in his sleep. Noisy. He moves a lot in his sleep. So a lot of times, like I'll wait to hear how it sounds and, and we have a camera in there so I can kind of pull it up too. Um, and I'll try to like tell my husband, let's just give it a few more minutes before we go in. Um, but what the, the problem is, is when I'm not, when we're not in the same room, when he's downstairs and he's trying to like mitigate everybody being woken up, the dog being woken up. And we have an old dog that like, if the household gets too awake, she wants to go outside and then everybody, then it's just, <laughs> everyone's up. <laughs> but yeah, so that's I, helpful to know that that kind of 10 minute yeah, it's a good number. It, everyone wants a, a quantitative thing to work yeah. on. Yeah. And I, I have to share, because when we were doing this with Elena and we were doing the 10 minute, um, we got to a point. So Elena is very much a mama's girl and she calls for mommy at night and the whole thing. And it was probably like the second or third night we started this process and she was like, mommy, mommy. And we were waiting our 10 minutes and we're like, okay. And you know, my husband and I, we had to have this whole conversation that like, we're starting this, this sleep training and, and you know, this whole ordeal, we have to stay strong. And she kind of stopped and I was like, oh my God, she's going to go, she's going to go to sleep. And she'd go, daddy. And then she'd do it for a couple of minutes. And then she'd stop. And she'd be like, okay, he's not calling. And she started calling the girls' names. So she was like, Anna, Abba. She calls Ava Abba. Abba. So she started calling everybody. She's like, somebody get me the hell out of this crib. And it was so funny. But you really like, 
they're, they're just like you're saying, Natalie, they're so smart, but mm-hmm. you really have to give them time to, you know, eventually they will. And, and I also have to share, and I know we're, we're almost at time, but, um, you know, the, probably the third night, I think it was like, I was so proud because I was like, we finally got Elena, you know, I rocked her and she was just about to fall asleep and I put her in bed and you're like, Carrie, (laughs) you can't have her be asleep in your arms and put her to bed asleep. We talked about this. I can't do this. And, you know, and I just want to share that because when you're not sleeping in the first place, it's really hard. And you like all you're thinking about, it's like, I just want to go to bed. I just need sleep. You go into like desperation mode and anything. It's really emotional and like, Mm -hmm. you're like a hot mess. You're a hot mess. And you know, my husband is like, we can do this. I don't think we can do this. We can do this. Oh, we can't do this. (laughs) So it's, it was like the sixth night. And I was like, we, we really saw like, oh my God, I think this is going to work. Like, I think yeah. we can do this. Yep. And, and, and I, when, when I work with parents, like I am your number one fan, I'm going to tell you not just what to do, but support you through it. And as long as I know what's going on, like, there's no judgment. We've all done it. Heck, yeah. when my child was waking up at four o'clock in the morning, I would go in his crib. I'm five, two. and I fit I would go in his crib because I just like couldn't do it and my husband would see me in the morning after like that didn't clearly work ever and (laughs) I would bring him out and he goes look I was gonna come tap you out but I can't do that and I was like (laughs) like I know like he's six two so like it's like I don't expect you to I was just like I hit my rock bottom and and it is and it is hard and and that's why you know my job is to not just help your child but to help the moms and dads that I work with because support you yeah and I mean that is what like we could read the books. Now, the hard part out there is that there's so many different things. And when you're on Google, you know, really just need to like focus in on one and try it. And, and then, yeah, I could do it. I could do this myself, but it is so hard when you don't have that support telling you what you're doing is right or giving you a pat on the back or, or just like a reminder, like, Hey, this is why we're doing it. When we first called, you were here and our goal is here. So just like a pick me up, you know, and that's, that's part of the process too, because the one thing I ask from parents too, is just, we got to be consistent. It's not fair to try to teach and explain to our children Mm -hmm. through our actions, something, if we can't, keep up with it because then they're all over the place. And then what are we trying to tell them? You know? So, um, yeah, I, I, I do remember that and, and it's good that <laughs> look at where you are, you know? Yeah. Well, and just to give you a quick shout out, Natalie, I have to say, so, you know, I'm a very sensitive person and you really <laughs> do a fabulous job of like just grounding grounding me in those moments where I really felt that it just 
it wasn't going to work. Like my child, my husband even said, you know, I was explaining, I was like, you have a hundred, she has a 100% success rate. He was like, she's never met a Fox girl. We kept her 100% success rate. We're good. But no, honestly, like you're so flexible and, um, in the sense of like, taking, taking like, okay, here's what's going to work. Oh, well your child, you know, we talked about like a reward system, but we also talked about it. Like Elena is very much focused on the reward and not how to get to the reward. And so we're like, okay, that's not going to work for her. So you're flexible in the sense of really, um, catering the package to the individual's person's need, the family's need. We had two extra older girls who were in that where it was basically like, we all went to bed at the same time and there were usually tears by more than one person, you know, every night. And I just, you really took the time to not just like focus on Elena, but what is our routine? Like my husband and I, what are the routine with the girls? And we like holistically worked, Mm -hmm. like you took the whole family unit through this process, not just Elena. And I'm really thankful for that because if I I think if you, if the view, like the focus was just on her, I don't think we would have been as successful as we were Mm -hmm. with getting everybody involved in this. Yeah. So no, I just, I, I really appreciate that. Oh, you're so welcome. It, it is about your goal. I mean, my job is to support you and help you and everyone's situation looks different. And I have moms who, you know, their goals are different than everyone else's. Everyone asking to get their child to sleep through the night. First off, that's like a very vague term. What does that even mean? I can consider a five month old sleeping through the night with a feed, right? Like, you know, if can they go down afterwards? And then some people say sleeping through the nights, no wake ups at all. And and like, and, and everyone has different goals. So, so yeah, I really do try to work with parents and and everything they have going on through work schedules or family dynamics, because sleep is affecting that part of their life. So we have to make sure it can fit in that part of their life as well. Well, and if something doesn't your life how maintainable will it will it really be exactly and I can't how ask them consistently yep. how can you be consistent if you're trying to fit a square peg in a round hole exactly exactly and there are some there are some reminder conversations there are some and and I tell yeah. them hey look I know like the, the pacifier is a very 50-50 I'm a kind of split on that kind of with my opinions it works some kids some kids it doesn't so I tell parents hey look I'm going to let you know, this could be a problem. It could not be. We'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll approach it. And I'll be honest with you and tell you if I think we need to get rid of it or if we need to do something else. So, cause it has to work. It's got to work for you. Or like you said, Jess, like it's not going to be consistent. And then what's, what is the point of going through it? Mm-hmm. So Natalie, I know we are at time here and I want to be respectful of your time. Thank you so much for joining us today. I, I just appreciate you more than I can say. And I wanted to share your amazingness, you know, with, with other moms. So how can, you know, if, if somebody wants to just follow your work or connect with you, um, how can people reach you? So I, um, I'm on Facebook, Little Magnolia Sleep, um, same on Instagram. I'm still figuring out the Instagram algorithm though. I'm, I, 
that thing is like its own monster. <laughs> so I'm there. Um, I'm, you can also just email me, natalie at littlemagnoliasleep.com. Um, and then my website, there's tons of ways. You can you can head to my website, littlemagnoliasleep.com. And if you scroll to the bottom or that awesome little pop-up will come up and it'll help you uh, with some steps. It's a, my free download, my free guide to help with steps to help prevent those night waking. So that is out there for anybody. And then, um, yeah, my, my phone number, you can cold call me, text me, whatever. Uh, we'll make it work for Beautiful. you. And also I did want to share, so Natalie has a beautiful offer for the Soulful Wildflowers community. If you are interested in working with her, please reach out to her. She is offering 10% off um, through the month of May for um, anybody in the community. And should how should folks uh, let you know about that? Is just let them know that they were uh, brought to you by Soulful Wildflowers? Sure. So yeah, so however they reach out, if they just wanna say, hey, I heard the podcast through Soulful Wildflowers, absolutely. Um, and I, will, I would love to remind all the moms out there, Mother's Day is May 9th and it's a great gift your husband can Yay. gift you. Good idea. That is a fantastic <laughs> idea. Perfect timing. <laughs> awesome. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for your wisdom and just sharing, uh, you know, a little bit about, I, I feel like Jess kind of got a, like a little mini session from you. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. No, you just, you're so full of wisdom and you have so much information to share. So we really appreciate you being here thank and you um, hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Yeah, thank you. You guys too.